All right, and we are live. I got Steven Sanziri, and I also have Sophia joining us, and we're going to be talking about a very interesting case here today about a young man by the name of uh, uh, Ronnie Cole. And this happened a couple years ago. I totally missed this. This happened back in 2017, June of 26, 2017. A Mariposa man disappeared after jumping into the river. So that's the official story. That's their story, and they're sticking to it, apparently. This 19-year-old kid jumps into the river. A uh, 19-year-old man from Mariposa hasn't been seen. This is an article from uh, June 26, 2017. A 19-year-old man from a Mariposa hasn't been seen since Friday while swimming in the river in Mariposa County, uh, according to the Mariposa Sheriff's Office. So that's where this whole thing starts. You just have this kid who um, was with two friends, Ronnie Ray Cole and two of his friends, went to an area known as Cable Beach. A little more than a mile away from the Briceburg uh, Visiting Center, deputy said in, in a statement, Cole jumped into the river wearing blue jeans and black shoes around 2.45 p.m. on June 26. Nothing, um, nothing too crazy so far, but obviously we wouldn't be here if there wasn't some questions that we felt need to be answered or at least um, some of these issues obviously the one thing that we all are looking for is evidence that this kid drowned if it's a drowning they should be able to prove that ronnie cole drowned and that should be it we can all go home after that but i want to say hi to steven sanziri hope you're doing well my friend hey thank you greg uh really appreciate the um time that you're putting in on this case absolutely and i want to say hi to so sophia thank you again for joining me here for this extraordinary case in mariposa california how are you hello i'm doing great how are you not too bad just trying to get caught up with this case i know there's so many cases out there that one like this always <laughs> slips through the the cracks and thankfully we had some good people that actually reached out to us that wanted to <laughs> Uh, see if we would be interested in covering this case or at least taking a deeper look. So we were sent a bunch of documents on this case. And um, the more that I look into it, definitely the more questions that I have that basically um, make me second guess the theory that the police are telling us. Uh, Stephen, do you have any experience in this area with any type of uh, authorities or anything like that in this area how close are you to knowing what the type of weird things that we know happens in Mariposa County and outside well um, although I wrote the book ultimate prey about the Yosemite sightseer murders uh, that occurred in 1999, I had dealt with Mariposa County five years earlier, and it was a bounty hunt that led me to the county. And uh, although I was also a, a bail agent on my own bail bond company uh, in about six different counties north of Calaveras County, um, Mariposa County was, was virtually unknown to me and a beautiful place and everything else. And, and I was chasing uh, chasing a a bounty for another bail bondsman and it turned me into end up going to court on a preliminary hearing. I was arrested and my partner was arrested and we were set up. And that's when I first discovered 
uh, the corruption up there in that county. And, and being a former police officer from the Bay Area, it really, it really stung, you know. And, um, it turned out the guy we were chasing was a drug mule from Mariposa County. We interviewed him in jail. He told us everything. A lot of this is in my book. But um, I was set up. And uh, then I go do the Yosemite case four years later, 1999, and I bail out a guy in Paul Candler and I chased him. I can't find him. He has ties to Mariposa. Looks like he might be involved in the murders and we arrest him in Alabama June 7th of 1999. And that was a Mariposa case also. And the Yosemite murders, as you know, is one of the you know, bigger serial killer type cases the last 50 years. And so I saw the cover-ups and that's what led me when I heard about Ronnie Cole and I learned about the Jerry Cox case up in Mariposa for the last year or so. I've worked with the uh, National Coalition for Men on that case a little bit. Um, Mariposa goes very, very deep. It goes into uh, the White House, guys. Wow. To the current White House, or just... Uh... <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> the, the, the reason I say this is if we jump ahead to... Yeah. Uh, in July, Mark, Mark Archuleta was murdered doing the uh, case for Jerry Cox Mariposa, and then uh, a week later... Judge Salas, her son was murdered in New Jersey when she was looking into the Deutsche Bank and the Lolita Express in Epstein. Um, but, the, you know, this, this Ben Hollander, the supposed shooter who they found committed suicide all of a sudden, was the same shooter when Mark's working a case out of Mariposa. Um, and and there's, some, there's a connection there. Pretty interesting here. Yeah, it is. So I got the I uh, got the pages all pulled up here, and I figured we'd go through um, some of these documents. This is dated seven one two thousand seventeen. Deputy M. Sharman, Charman, Sharman, case number M. G. one seven zero zero eight two seven for the Mariposa County Sheriff's Office, and I'm going to be reading some of the. Uh, this is from, well, I guess since this is written by the, by the deputy, I'm assuming I was a little confused because some of it seemed like it was written by the coroner, but we're going to go ahead because, well, the first thing is the title is coroner's investigation narrative. So let's go here. I'm going to skip through the synopsis and actually read through the details. I think the details are definitely give us a little more, a little more bang for our buck here. So. On July 1st, 2017, at 1207 hours, I was dispatched to a report of a body found in the river. Dispatch reported that they were called on a 911 call and told that the reporting party had found a body in the river, but the call disconnected and they were not able to get any more information. Uh, Ronnie, call, Ronnie Cole had gone missing in the Merced River on June 23rd. 2017 so i assume that this could be related and responded to the bryceburg area of the river i got to the railroad flat area when dispatch advised that the reporting party called back and said that they would meet at bagby deputy atkinson responded to the area and was told that the body was marked with a flag he located the body and confirmed that the person was deceased at 1306 hours I was informed that the body was located by Jesse Cole and Bill Long, who had been searching the area for Ronnie Cole. Okay, then he he responded uh, with the search and rescue units. They went on a boat and were taken to the body. 
Uh, Charmin goes on, I was able to observe what appeared to be a white male subject that was face down at the surface of the water being pushed against an underwater tree by the current. So this was still, the current was still going, but the body had stopped where this underwater tree was. On top of the subject, I could see that there was a thick layer of uh, mud slash suit and the body was very bloated and de decomposing. The deceased was naked except for one shoe, which was a dark colored van shoe. The shoe, body size, location, and state of the body were consistent with the missing subject, Ronnie Cole. It's important to note that um, when the family, the two people, uh, Jesse Cole and Bill Long, when they found Ronnie Cole, they couldn't really identify. They were certain, they believed that this was Ronnie Cole, but they couldn't really identify it as Ronnie Cole. But obviously, the weirdest thing here is that... Um, the body is found, body goes missing on June 26th, wash, washes up or is found on July 1st, and um, with just one shoe on, completely naked. I, I think that's definitely weird. Um, you guys think that's weird too, or am I just over overthinking this here? And we, just with one shoe on not a good way to start right. out i don't know it just that just rubs me the wrong way um i don't know again maybe i'm overthinking it no you Sophie, are, you, are you up or you want me to say something i was just gonna say i've never looked into any water deaths or anything like that i i mean I just, I don't understand how he would be completely naked, though. Unless maybe branches or something like that had caught onto his clothes and the river had, the current was strong enough to be able to have it ripped off, but. So it, it would be. Well, you know, he's got to get, get that pants leg over the shoe. Okay, so if he had his feet exposed, maybe, maybe, maybe. So now that those clothes, those pants have to get over the shoe. Good point. Be totally naked. Good point. So there, that that Greg hit it right on the right on the button. So that's, how does, to me, that's very that's highly questionable. So how does the shoe stay on, uh, but the pants are off? That, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Exactly. And I mean, he wasn't wearing bell bottoms, man. He's too young, right? So it's you know, it's gonna be. Levi's, 99% Levi's are card hearts up there. Probably Levi's. Didn't say anything about shorts or jump. They say anything about how he was dressed at that time of year. I mean, yeah, it was. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, it was. It was really, really hot. Um, he had, he had taken his his shirt off, so he he didn't have a shirt on. Um, but I'm not sure if if he had socks on either. So obviously, if he had socks on, uh, that would definitely mm -hmm. help. Kind of solve the thing well if he had socks on the sock there's no way the sock is gonna go missing and the shoe is gonna stay on so at this point i gotta keep just reading this right now i gotta keep an open mind to maybe he didn't have any any socks on he just had shoes he had pants and possibly boxers or something like that maybe not even that we I, we don't really really know and the current would have to be really really strong to pull his his pants off but again it's like well how does 
you would think it would pull both shoes off then at, at the same time. I, I'm not exactly sure what type of jeans he was wearing. I think it will be very Im- important to know. Um, obviously, those jeans washed up somewhere. They're floating around somewhere. But a lot of the kids, I mean, this is a ni- he's 19 years old when this happens. A lot of the kids uh, are wearing sk- those skinny jeans. I don't know why it's not, you know. I wore baggy jeans when I was around that that age um but skinny jeans i don't know and vans are not um that's another thing did the vans have laces or were they just those slip-on ones that's also not really clear here too but that that just that just doesn't start off right you know so i'm glad you brought that up about about the pants and the shoe yeah i mean i question that we you know, that's just common sense for now. Um, do you have any photographs or anything from the autopsy or anything else? I don't. I don't. But um, maybe we can talk to talk to somebody about getting getting some of that, or at least maybe getting some answers to um, to some of these some of these questions here. Um, we can definitely try to follow up on on that. Um, the report then, I'm now reading on page two, unless you have anything else, Stephen or Sophia, I'm going to keep reading. All right. Um, Ronnie Cole's family was waiting at the launch. So this is, this is when the body is found. We're starting with them finding this body. He, He had been missing. Ronnie had been missing for several, several days now. Um, so Ronnie Cole's family was waiting at the launch as they had heard that Ronnie was found. I informed the family, which included Ronnie's father, Frank Cole, that a subject was recovered and I believed it to be Ronnie but could not give a positive identification due to these circumstances. Oh, so I guess we could go back to the whole bloating um, and, you know, how long would the body be bloating for? How long would it look that it like it's de- decomposed? how bad how badly decomposed um and does that help us figure out when ronnie cole had actually died um because we're obviously open to the theory that he had died closer to when he went actually missing and um we don't know exactly when we have this what six or seven day period where we don't really know uh, what happened to him where he is missing but he's found not too far maybe eight miles i believe close to, to eight miles from where um he was from where he jumped in to the water but i'm getting a little bit ahead of myself on that but um his his dad is also a very Im- important person in this whole case too because um, his dad seems to never waver from the fact or from the theory that his son was killed and he even goes very far to name who who he thinks did it and all of that is documented here um so just look at what look at what these statements are saying read these documents these documents anybody can pull these up you can you can download them now they're in several places here and um if you're watching this on our youtube channel you will find them you'll find the link in the description Uh, i've taken uh, the 39 pages that I was given and just put them into one PDF but Frank Cole Ronnie's father to me is is definitely one that stands out for many reasons and we're going to get into that as we go further but we're still on page two here so um, 
Let's see. Okay, so... Okay, here's where it gets interesting. So, um... Uh, he contacted Frank Cole. They couldn't give a positive ID on Ronnie. And Charmin goes on. They informed me that Ronnie was wearing Van shoes and that he had recently got a new tattoo of the name Cole in cursive writing across his upper forearm. Forearm. I told him that I would attempt to check further, but had not been able to see that. So if Frank Cole, the dad, knows that his son was wearing Van's shoes, Frank Cole should also be able to help us uh, see what type of pants, what type of jeans, skinny jeans or, you know, baggy jeans that Ronnie was also wearing and possibly maybe if Ronnie was wearing socks. These might seem like little stupid things to some some people, but, you know, this can go a very long way to help us understand how a body washes up uh, basically naked with just one one shoe on. So that's definitely going to be a big thing. Uh, I was looking, I was hoping to find these documents, more reasoning for that, what, what happened. I don't know, maybe somebody else knows about a similar case where something like this has, has happened, where a body washed up, a body got, you know, taken down a river and um, all their clothes except for when she was on. Maybe this is a common thing in this area. I have no idea, but definitely something that stands out. Okay, so they take the body to the Mariposa County Sheriff's Office. And uh, upon arrival at the office, both bags are open. I was able to roll the deceased over to inspect the front side. I was able to wipe some of the mud suit away and located a tattoo consistent with one described by Ronnie's family. So they were able to find that body. Now, the mud and the suit, um, you know, is it, is that something kind of common um, that that we would, would see if a body was wash down the river would there be mud on it how much mud would there be i think that was another question that i had too if the water is so rapid if it's rapid water how does it get muddy from just sitting there where does the mud come from any thoughts on that uh, it, would, it would have to be dragged from the bottom yeah from- did they say that he was he was caught underneath the water by a tree that was underneath the water um it's like a water tree so i think the base of of the water was um you know in the at the bottom of the river but let me go back and read exactly what they say here uh let's see i was able to observe what appeared to be a white male subject that was face down on the surface of the water being pushed against an underwater tree by the current so that's really all they say there so I could see that there was a thick layer of mud suit and the body was very bloated. So if he's face down, uh, it's also important to note where the where the tattoo was. Where did they exactly say that the tattoo was? On so, my face. Yes, yeah, so his, on his upper forearm. So if he's face down and there's mud and the officer has to take the mud off in order to see this tattoo... It should be on the back of his forearm, not on the front. But this just says upper forearm, so that's why I think Stephen, you're right. If we had a photo, uh, I would definitely, definitely help. I mean, I, I I'd settle for a for a drawing if they if they can't provide a photo. You know, like, you know that that's a big question, Gary. Is that the mud like he, he was 
like uh, in, in Predator when, he, when Arnold put all the mud on himself or something. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I know in some some of the lakes, like right down by San Jose and some of those, like, I, I water skied and they got kind of that, that black, sticky mud. Up there, you got a lot of sand in, in the um, rivers because there's a lot of rock, and what rock does, it makes sand before it makes mud. And so, it never really gets a chance to make mud. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mud, 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 mud is, if, if he's got mud, that means he was against the bank that had grass, it was slow, and there's no current there because he's there and he's stuck there, and he's stuck in the mud, so there's not enough current to pack him in mud. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of something like that. You know, I mean, that's, that's like I said, that's just the whole mother load in Sierra's up there. The rivers are all the same across the Sierra's. And they packed up in mud. I could see him being stuck on a, a rooted tree into the river. I can see that. I've seen that before on, on anything that's got stuck there. But um, that's an area usually that's flowing fairly fast around because that's why the bank's been, uh, you know, um, excavated and the roots are shown because there's high water there, which would not create you to be packed in mud. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's. it's I think any fisherman will tell you that, you know. Another thing good to know there. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the deceased was located and confirmed dead in the water upriver from Bagby Recreational Area. So that'll, I'm just going to make a note of that. Because um, I want to see exactly where this was. Hopefully one day we can get some photos, maybe even some video of uh kind of to kind of recreate what the weather was like what the current was was like we know it was really really hot these these documents are going to give us a lot of those a lot of that stuff but you know as you're reading this or as i'm reading this i'm sure these are the questions that we're all we're all thinking here um you know you can go go ahead i'm sorry just around the baggy recreational area that i viewed earlier it's a horseshoe bend notice that no, I didn't see that. No, the the image that that I was sent looks like just one kind of river, uh, or just one line. But I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't notice that. Oh yeah, no. From from a, from a topographical map, which mm-hmm. I looked at, the Bagby Recreation Area. When you get to that area, it makes a right horseshoe. So that means the body would, you know, would be, it didn't get pushed out and keep going down. It got stuck in that area, which is a is a, is a pretty sharp turn on the river. Gotcha. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So, well, that. Yeah, take a look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, take a look at that, and maybe you know they might. Where they get stuck at? We're probably right at the apex of that turn, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and then okay, so so that's that's great because now we have that point. We know where uh, where they say Ronnie jumped in to this water, and then um, we can kind of see. Well, would that take seven seven days? Would that take six six days? How long would it take for that body to to be there? And could they tell, based on the condition of the body, could they tell how long that the body had been in this area for, in this little horse shape um, horseshoe area for? I mean, I'd like to talk to the witnesses to see how much of the body they saw that they saw. Was it you know? Did you see like? You know, white, white, white skin or the face, and they see half the torso. What did they see when they came upon? You know, I, I don't trust the Mariposa deputies call on this. It sounds like he, you know, so he was buried in mud, which I just don't think what he was. Mm-hmm. 
so we did the first the first eyes on Ronnie C. And they say the water temperature was approximately 60 de- degrees with a slight current. So that's what it was like there. Yeah. So. 60 degrees water. I mean, that's that's pretty cold, right? Pretty cold for the water. Yeah, that is. It's, it's, it's survivable, though. I mean, you know, it, you know, it, like, below bloating in a river when you when you know when your stomach's distended and everything. Bloating takes about 12 hours, is mm-hmm. what, what I read earlier. So, you know, that part of it there—that's just ingesting water, whatever. So. Was he, you know, how beloved was he? I'm not sure they have a, a measurement on that. He would have had to have drowned in the water, and then the body ends up ends up here. That's pretty much what they're what they're telling us. And so far, it all sounds right. reasonable. So far. <laughs> yeah, like you said, the eight miles is doesn't maybe maybe the eight miles is not reasonable. Yeah, because how does he not? I mean, this is a young guy too. It's not like he, you know, um, it's not like he's an older gentleman like my myself or anything. He's and he's nineteen years old now. He was on on drugs, and he we are going to read about that. We are going to find out what is in in his system, which is very curious too. So we're going to mm-hmm. look at at that too. But even even then, you know. Um, it's hard to think that this guy, this young kid, jumps into the water, drowns. Nobody can find his body for seven for seven days, and the body just kind of pops up. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it takes a stretch, but yeah, the water is sixty degrees with a slight current. So let's look at the dis. The decedent position condition. The deceased was located floating on the surface of the water, facing down with face underwater. The body was severely bloated and beginning to decompose. There was a thick layer of mud suit on top of the body. No life-saving measures were taken due to the obvious signs of being dead for an extended period of time. So uh, the other question is, did anybody search this area, this Bagby recreational area, from the time that the that the Ronnie went missing to the time the in between the time the body was found. Were there any other days, any other times that anybody searched this this area? Because if they did, then they should have seen this this body here, unless it was swept away down down river at some point. But then they should have seen it even closer. So they should have at some point, if anybody had searched this area during those six seven days. They should have seen this body. I think that's pretty, pretty clear here. Um, you made you made a really big point. Is this is July? People are camping. It's a recreational area, and all of a sudden, you know, I mean, there's kids running around and everything else. And so, uh, how long was that body there for? You know, I mean, if it was floating down the river, people probably occupied. I'm curious how far up the river back, eight miles. How many rest stops? Uh, little camp spots, everything, and it's summertime. It's you know, it's not February, so there's people out there, and that body went eight miles before somebody saw it. Maybe that's a, a really good question. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So what they say is symptoms prior to death. Ronnie Cole was swimming in the river with friends when he was observed by some uninvolved subject to get pulled under the water by the current and swept downstream. So that's now we have other people. And this is very important here because it's not just uh, this is kind of the basis of the police's theory here is that since it wasn't just the people that were with Ronnie that saw him jump in and then go under under water you have people two people that were quote uninvolved subjects we're going to learn that that's not necessarily true but at this time we're hearing a lot about these bystanders these witnesses who have no connection to ronnie no connection to ronnie's friends all that stuff which all later on turns out not to be true and it's all here in these yeah. in these documents yeah they, they all know each other up there yeah yeah it's you know, that's just weird. <laughs> let's see uh so now i'm jump i'm here on page three i'm gonna see if there's anything else there's just kind of how they id ronnie uh the information he was 19 years old born um february 16th 1998 unmarried described as being six foot tall and 150 pounds so it's not a not a small kid either at 19 um no (laughs) so that's pretty interesting and his occupation ronnie cole worked for his father doing tree work is what it says which yeah it's a very physical job there too to do tree i'm not exactly sure what he was doing unless he was just some type of a runner or something but six feet and how deep was this this water and he drowns i mean there's just it's just okay you know you're kind of keeping an open mind saying okay well they must have something they must have something that shows clearly that he um drowned right and um we should find that in the coroner's report obviously it should be very very clear that yeah this kid drowned and nobody found his his body for however many days seven eight days so um before i did say uh june 26 i think but actually uh the original incident happened on june 23rd so in case i got that wrong um just want to make that clear june 23rd 2017 around 1500 hours 3 p.m okay so it says we're still at the bottom of page three looking at the death certificate information uh, he was last seen by Brandy Wiley. Willie? Wiley? Not sure, but um, she was the last person, according to this document, that saw him. Date time discovered July 1st, 2017, around 12.30 p.m., and was found by Jesse Cole and Bill Long. Uh, let's see. Pronounced dead. They pronounced him dead when they found the body of... Um, few minutes later on and that was deputy atkinson and um just looking if there's anything else i'm moving down to page four this all happened at cable cable rock this is where this happened cable rock of the merced river near briceburg so that's um that's where he went he goes missing quote unquote missing he was swimming in the river when the current swept him underwater and downstream 
Okay, so they Correct. yeah. The required test uh, requested full autopsy, abuse screen, and blood test. What is abuse screen? That's a good question. I don't know what that means. Stephen, you any idea what that means? Abuse screen? Uh, abu abuse. Uh, that's for drugs. Oh, okay. 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 Thank you. Sure. Yeah, I have a good idea. Um, great question there. Okay, notification of next of kin. Frank Cole, the father, and many other members were present when Cole was re recovered from the river and notified by me. So there you have that. Photographs were taken throughout the, the recovery. So there are photographs. They do, which that should be standard, I would think, too. Uh, so I'm going to skip down, moving on to page 6 is uh, the the corrected report for the Mariposa County Coroner's Office. Stephen, anything you know about the Coroner's Office, Mariposa County Coroner's Office at all? No, no, I don't. But it's interesting. Um, they sent the uh, body out to Stanislaus County. Yeah, why is it, I mean, was the Coroner's Office that small where they couldn't, they didn't have a coroner, even though they have a Coroner's Office? Why send it all the way to Stanislaw County. Um, you know, I have to look into that, but possibly um, that that is actually the place they could do an autopsy. There may not be a, a mortuary in Mariposa County that can handle an autopsy because some mortuaries can, basically. Um, but that's what that's what I'm thinking. And, you know, everybody everybody on the sheriff's department is considered a coroner, basically up there. So. Oh, good to know. know. Good to know. Yeah. Okay, great, because that, yeah, I was a little bit thrown off uh, with that. Okay, so that's good to know there. Um, now, here's another interesting thing. Um, his height at the time of death is uh, 72 inches, which I'm assuming is six, 6 feet, but the weight is 180 pounds. So if he's walking around at 150, now he's 180 I always thought, I mean, looking at the the David Crowley case, I kind of thought when the body when the body is dead that they kind of that they lose weight. But is there a portion where when the body is dead, when they're first deceased, do they put on 30, 30 pounds? He was waterlogged and bloated. It's also very possible that do they. Do they weigh them before they're cleaned off? Oh yeah, I don't know. He had that magic suit on. Yeah, yeah. That's so, so the 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 mud, okay. the suit combined with with the water, the extra water going through, might have been the reason for the extra 30, 30 pounds. Unless they're just guessing about the hundred and fifty that they mentioned earlier. They have been going off maybe a driver's license. They could have been. They could have been. There's no mention of of a driver's license earlier, but you know, I can tell you, I'm not the same weight as my driver's license, so it's not I too know, far fetched. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, so as Stephen was saying, the place of autopsy, Stanislaw County Coroner's Office, the prosecutor. Pro sector, the pro sector. I'm assuming the coroner, Sung Uk Bak, a medical examiner, MD. 
uh, the body is identified by a body bag body tag okay the witnesses officer Hendricks from the Mariposa County Sheriff's Art Department was present at the time of the autopsy here's the extermin the external examination of the autopsy the body is that of a well-developed well-nourished extremely decomposed and well known as 19 year old Caucasian male measuring 72 inches in length and weighing 180 pounds the rigor mortis and lividity are completely disappeared due to the development of severe decomposition. The scalp is covered by a large amount of a medium to short brown hair. The skin of the entire face, eyes, nose, ears, and lips is decomposed. The oral cavity contains decomposition fluid. The upper and lower jaws show natural teeth. There is no evidence of a injury in the oral cavity. The neck is short, thin, and decomposed. There is a silver-colored metallic necklace encircling his neck and no evidence of any injury around the neck. The chest is symmetrical and decomposed. The abdomen is soft, flat, and decomposed. See, the soft and flat kind of bothered me at first i i don't know i don't know why that just that just seems kind of weird um okay it goes into all that all the body parts um nothing basically nothing really they're not finding any evidence of any you know cuts or anything like that any markings nothing unusual um so we just think, okay, it must have been he died of, you know, drowning, died of some natural causes. It wasn't like he was hit. There's no contusions. There's no, no bruising, nothing like that. Now, if the body is so badly de- decomposed, would you even see that if he was punched, if he was hit, if he was struck by something due to the decomposition of the body, would we even see any of that? You do, do, do to a certain point where the coloration blends in with the injury. Because when, when an injury is involved, whether it's a punch or something, and the blood goes to that area and bruises, if you pass away, it still leaves a kind of a tattoo behind the skin of that injury. Oh. But then you got to look taking the color of the skin uh, with decomposition. I see. That, 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 yeah, there's probably... Well, it, it bothers me because he's in the water, okay? I'm sorry, I keep harping on this, but he's in the water. There's sticks, there's trees, there's boulders, sharp things. And there's no contusions on him. As the water is swift and it's taking him downstream, there's nothing. We don't. Yeah, we haven't seen any pictures. I, I mean, that would tell us something, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We're just not seeing it in the, in the coroner's report. It's just to me, it's striking me odd. But I'm not familiar with this kind of stuff. So I, I think I think one of the biggest questions I have is the the pants coming off of a leg and the shoe remains on. I, I, that there, this is this is the OJ glove, okay? <laughs> um, and it's exactly what it is. 
you know, you could go to court and probably prove this, and then they slip a rubber sock in there, and you can't prove it. I don't know, whatever. Point is, this is the OJ glove. How does this, how does, you know, and Greg's right. I mean, we wore bell bottoms when I was in high school in 77, and then when I now skinny jeans. I mean, I wear skinny jeans. Little, we all do, you know, boot, boot tight. And that doesn't just come off of a, over a shoe, without the shoe coming off. Yeah, I can tell you right now, I would not be able to take my jeans off with my shoes on. <laughs> you could yank on them all day, it, it, exactly. That's, that's pretty much common sense, too, you know? Mm-hmm. So Where's... when you think of that... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's odd. Well, staying on... That, that's pretty, yeah. I, I researched bodies floating down rivers, and I've found one from, well, one mile, one was 127 miles. Okay, so I, I think it kind of throws that out a little bit. Mm-hmm. If, he hit the, if he hit the right current, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think, yeah, absolutely, you go eight miles in the right current. I have no doubt. It got finally hung up, but did it get hung up there? Was he out of the river ahead of time? It seems to me, unless he was knocked out or, or, or shot or killed, he probably would have got in and got out at one point. Well, this this autopsy says that the body is clothed in black and green socks and a black shoe on the right foot only. So he had socks on. That's what this is saying here. And the, and the pants were not on. The pants were not on. And only one shoe on the on the right foot. Did they, find, did, they not, did, they, did they find the pants that weren't on? No, I don't think so. No, nope, that's not mentioned in any of these. No. Right. So he wore shorts. Shorts no. can come off. Shorts can shorts can come off. Sure. Um, sure. If, sure. Shorts can come off. I'm sure. Yeah. If he and had boxers pants. or briefs or something else too, it's it's just it's just kind of weird that. Yeah. How does how does the how does I don't know how to? It's just weird about about his shoes what, and the sock. What about the missing uh, person's report? Wouldn't that have exactly what he was wearing that day? I think it does. I think it does, and and I I don't know if that's included in this here. It might be included later later on um, when they go back to to when the body was first. Uh, missing and they do a search and then they call that that search off they call the search off pretty quick and the dad is not happy about that when they call that that search off um, because it got dark and then they went back the second day and they started searching um, but okay given them 20 24 hours like I think this is this is another thing to think about everybody listening to this everybody watching this giving them 24 hours to find to search right we know that they were searching they've been searching for six seven days eight days now but um can they walk this this area to from from the point of where the where he um jumped off of cable rock to the bagby recreational area how many times could you walk that within seven eight days and what are the possibilities that if you walked along the river that you would miss a body floating in the river, floating somewhere along that river? It, it just doesn't add up. So I can see why 
Ronnie's father and other people have, have questions and had questions from the very start. Makes sense. Um, let's see. The great vessels of the thorax and the abdomen are identified and are unremarkable. Both pleural cavities and the pericardial okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Can, yeah. can, I, can we digress back yes, about please. a paragraph? Go ahead. We're still on page six and seven here. Go ahead. Okay, so regarding uh, the Bagby in the Cable Rock area, they're almost, they're almost synonymous on the internet. Um, so there are two main areas on that river people camp. And I have this pictures of Cable Rock with six or seven tents and people swimming. And, you know, there's, there have, there's more people around there than a group of, you know, four or five or six people. And that's, no, I, I don't think so. When you start looking at Bagby and, and even Cable Rock, they're pretty popular areas. This is the local kids, get, you know, swimming hall. Interesting. So they should have seen it. And they, called, they, should, they should have seen him somewhere. Yeah, and if you look at the Merced River that stretch there, there's a lot of calm water between there. Um, there there's picnic benches around Bagby. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also like there's a concession down there too. Um, it's a pretty popular place. Uh, in the the respiratory system, there's nothing, you know, nothing weird mentioned there. Everything kind of seems normal. Um, there's a little, they say, there's a cut surfaces are black and smooth and consistent with extremely, exis- consistent with extremely soft due to decomp- decomposition. But, you know, shouldn't there be water? I mean, where, where are we going to see water in the lungs? Um... When when I spoke you to the to the cousin, that was one of the big things that they had brought up is there's no water in the lungs. So how does a person die from drowning with without no water, water in the and lungs? foam? Nothing. Nothing. Mm. Yeah, that's weird. And this is on um, this autopsy is dated seven twenty two thousand seventeen. So I mean, by this point, they should know that uh maybe this isn't a drowning and so then it goes to the point where okay if it's not here in this autopsy re report we're at we're on page seven um of this pdf if it's not here where is the evidence that he drowned because the body was found in in the water because he jumped and it's uh, assumed that if anybody is to jump into this water at Cable Rock, then they're going to they're gonna drown. They're pretty much dead. Is that... I mean, that's pretty much it. I'm not seeing any, any other evidence in any of this so far that shows, you know, why they think that he drowned. Other than people saying that, who, who didn't find the body, who didn't see the body. So how would they know that he drowned if they didn't um, see him drown? Or if there was no evidence at that point of him drowning. It, it just seems they were too quick from June 20, 23rd, June 24th. After talking to some of the people who were at this, this Cable Rock Park, this Cable Rock um, uh, whatever, this um, Cable Rock, I think it's, I think it's an area, whatever it is. It, it's an area of that's called Cable, Cable Rock, but 
based on that, based on the people that saw that saw him jump, it seems like at that point, the police are pretty much going with the theory that he probably drowned and and is dead. You know, is missing. Um, it just seems I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, you know, Brandy Brandy uh, said that he's swimming toward the shore and then she lost him and she jumped in her car and took off. I mean, you know, the road the road is not long two feet off the off the river. I mean, you know, there was something there about her leaving so quickly and jumping in her car and look for the guy. You know, I mean, it, you know, the river wasn't moving him that fast. Right. Yep, and I'm not seeing anything else here. Looking at page eight. Uh, everything is intact. Oh, here we go. Uh, Ronnie was, she said Ronnie was wearing blue jeans, black shoes, no shirt. So we do have blue jeans on. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so we got jeans, guys, not shorts. Thank you. Yeah. Autopsy finding advanced decomposition, pulmonary edema, and cerebral edema. I don't know what I don't know what those last two mean. <laughs> Pulmonary edema, cerebral edema. Don't say anything about drowning. That's what we know. But in their opinion, at the very end of page eight, the 19-year-old Caucasian male Ronnie Cole died of a drowning. There were no other injuries. He had been consuming D D methamphetamines prior to death but had not been drinking alcoholic beverages prior to his death. Corrected report dated 8-30-2017. A corrected report is being issued to correct the date and time found noted in the first page of this report. Okay. Uh, dates and times, I mean, that's not that big of a deal, but I was just, I was expecting more, uh, not an opinion, but I was expecting some type of factual data that showed that he had died from a drowning. I don't think we're seeing it here. Unless I missed it. Um, looking at page nine at the at the tox results. And Steven, this is where I'm gonna need your help here with um I I, I don't even know half half of this stuff here, but there's some methamphetamines, no cocaine, opiates, PCP, barbiturates benzenines methadone blah 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 none of that found uh just methamphetamines and in in the liver tissue found methamphetamine and ethyl alcohol i don't know what ethyl alcohol is but that, that means that he had he had been drinking it sometimes ethanol turns into ethanol in your system so what he was drinking one time in the I looked. I looked up the methamphetamine and the D, the D amphetamine uh, milligrams per kilogram, and, and I'm no expert at that, by the way. I'm not, not a chemist, but um, the amount they found in his body is, is conclusive enough to say, you know, he was under the influence at the time. Because eight days later, um, how much is going to be out of your system? And it also depends on whether you snort it, swallow it, or, or shoot it. And those are, those will show different um, measures in. Uh, post mortem also, so it def- definitely was. I'm, work- I'm working a case now with an elderly man under under a conservatorship, and he passed away from a dog bite. And the first autopsy report back on his drug screen is methamphetamine. So we have an elder abuse case because people just don't take meth. So 
um, that that's definitely just a positive in this here. Um, it was what the thing is is uh, was his condition part of his accident? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's an argument maybe there. I don't know. Uh, Sophia, anything to add there, or else I'm gonna keep moving on here to page ten. No, let's keep listening. Okay. So now we're looking at the narrative written by Deputy M. Cantor, dated 6-23-2017. So this is when he goes missing. This is how it all kind of starts. Um, This is the earliest police report that they have here. So on 6-23-2017, at approximately 15.46 hours, I was dispatched to the Briceburg area at Cable Rock in Mariposa County for a missing person. Upon arrival, I met with a, a reporting party, Brandy Wiley. Brandy stated Ronnie Cole jumped into the river and never made it back to shore. Search and rescue was dispatched to the scene at approximately 20-30 hours. Uh, search efforts were called off due to pro- due to poor lighting and swift water conditions and will resume the morning of 6-24-2017. Ronnie Cole was entered, uh, so they were entered into the search and rescue incident. So it's not, it's not a whole lot of time. They searched for about four hours. I mean, that's 8 p.m., 8.30 p.m., I mean, I don't know. I, I I know that that's one of the things that really pisses off Ronnie's dad is that how quick, you know, how early they called that that search off um, due to poor to poor lighting. But I, I don't know. Maybe they've never utilized spotlights or something like that. But that just seems I don't know. It just seems kind of early to call it off. But whatever. Maybe I'm nit nitpicking there. But. Um, so, upon arrival, I met with reporting party Brandy Wiley and Debbie Jean Cogden. So, these are the two people that were with Ronnie. Brandy stated she and Debbie picked up Ronnie from Highway 49 South and Ashworth because Ronnie's vehicle was disabled. Brandy stated the three of them went down to Briceburg area of Cable Rock to cool off in the river while waiting for the tow truck to arrive to tow Ronnie's truck. Brandy stated at approximately 14.30 hours, Ronnie jumped into the river approximately 50 yards east of Cable Rock. Brandy stated Ronnie was swimming towards shore, and then Brandy stated she lost sight of Ronnie at around Cable Rock. Brandy stated she got into her vehicle to try to find Ronnie along the bank, and he was nowhere to be found. I asked Brandy if there was any alcohol or drugs involved, and she stated no. I asked Brandy what Ronnie was wearing. She stated blue jeans, black shoes, and no shirt. Brandy was clearly upset and stated her and Ronnie were down at Cable Rock two weeks ago and Ronnie jumped in the water then. So jumped in the same water two weeks ago. No problems. We don't know how strong the current was, I guess, at that point. But um, this is the official theory here this is what we are getting here so this is what police have to start with right i mean steven if steven let's say you are the officer who shows up here you know and you you hear this um you got you got to take it seriously right and you have to uh, assume that 
what Brandy is saying is is true. Yeah, you know, you're not you're not uh, you're not you're not the court and judge on on the scene. You, you take action that uh, is directly related to whatever emergency it is, and you sort it out later. You know, she says the guy went in the water, and we you know we see you know two two you know picnic plates there, and she's by herself. A guy probably went in the water. So you know, you go with that there, and you sort it out later. Now, there's a que- there's a question about Riley going down and jumping 50 yards east of Cable Rock. Why did he go that far to jump in away from her? Did she have him in sight? And she says he was swimming towards the shore. So he jumps in 50 yards away and all of a sudden turns around and swims towards the shore. I mean, you know, the guy wasn't that stupid. anything else so yeah ronnie's vehicle so something happens with with his his car where he has to call a tow truck driver and then brandy and this other friend debbie they uh are just driving by i guess and happen to notice this and they help out brand they help out ronnie and um that was basically it but here on page 11 um this is interesting because officer d hoff um said on that same day that she contacted brand she she contacted ronnie cole at highway 49 south uh due to ronnie cole's vehicle being disabled so whatever happened to ronnie's car uh there's a chp officer in that area the officer stated it looked like ronnie was driving too fast and tried to make the turn off of the highway and hit the curb Officer Hoff stated Ronnie informed her that he contacted the tow company and Officer Hoff stated she didn't make a report since Ronnie had already made uh, arrangements for his his vehicle to be towed. Officer Hoff stated Ronnie did not show any signs of being impaired nor did she smell any alcohol emitting from his person at that time. So dispatch was advised to call out Chaplain Von Reeder and Chaplain horse to the scene they arrived at approximately 18 20 hours ronnie's father franklin frank cole arrived approximately 1900 hours now this is still on the day when ronnie goes missing and it says i inform frank of the situation and the efforts that are being taken place to locate his son ronnie frank appeared angry with the family members that were already present on scene and stated now you care it says no you care but i I think that's just a typo i think it's supposed to say now you care frank seemed in disbelief and said ronnie said ronnie's probably at their property on the back side of telegraph because he's trying to get away from brandy frank took off walking west towards the first camp campground stating he was going to look for ronnie so this is where it gets very curious here now we have the first time where uh, the story is kind of changing now. So now we're getting a second side of this story where uh, Brandy, you know, Brandy was with Ronnie and with this other friend. They were all just having fun and waiting for the tow truck. And, you know, Ronnie jumps in and accidents happen. Um, what Frank here is, is saying or what, what Ronnie's father is saying 
is that Ronnie was trying to get away from Brandy. And so now the story takes a very curious turn here. Um, So why would Ronnie be with Brandy if he's trying to steer clear of of Brandy? Any thoughts on that? Well, Luke, 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 he doesn't want to be around Luke. He knows Luke probably killed him. And Luke is Brandy's um, husband. Husband? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. okay. Well, that might be why he was trying to get away from her. <laughs> Could that be why he hit that that, yeah, that yeah, curb? That, that, Maybe he was speeding to get yeah, away yeah, from. Her. Yeah. Yeah. Another related, but here's, interesting. Just because we're on the same subject. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, June twenty third, two thousand seventeen, when he went into the water, reported that was a Friday. Okay, so it wasn't a Thursday or a Tuesday or a Monday. There were people probably around. It was a Friday. It was found July 1st, by the way, which is my birthday, which that's, maybe that's why I'm connected now. Uh, found July 1st, 2017. That was a Saturday. Mm-hmm. But being in the water and being reported on a Friday tells me, you know, that the party started in the morning. You know what I mean? There's going to be more people there than Thursday morning or afternoon. That's a great point. That's a great point. There would be more, yeah, and people, and people, when it's people. when it's when it's hot out, there's going to be even sure. more people, right? Every everybody's going to going to go there. Um, we saw the same thing in uh, Monte Rio um, when we were out there at outside of the Bohemian Grove, and uh, it was a hot day, and so they have this little river down there. I mean, it's really nothing. It's really not much to this river, but there were tons of people out there because what else are they going to do? It's really hot, you know. It's not. Um, it's a. It's a. It's a poor town, um, so mm-hmm. you know, it makes sense. So I think you bring up two great points. This was on a on a Friday, which is a you know that starts off the whole weekend. And it's really, really hot out there. There's a chance of a lot of people being out there. So the fact that there weren't, you know, that, that this body goes missing. And, I mean, that's then you have Saturday. You're going to have people out there on Saturday, people out there on Sunday. None of them saw anything. None, nobody saw. It's just, I don't know. It's it's hard to believe that that many people over that long of a time could miss this, this body in such a short span of in such a short area too sure now here's um, um, go ahead you know um october october can be 80 degrees i mean i'm sorry june june 23rd can be an average of 80 degrees in mariposa in that area so there would be a time people would be swimming or being around there or whatever you know it was it wasn't cold Mm mm-hmm so, um, yeah, he goes into Cable Rock, and like I said, Cable Rock, is, it looks like a nice family, you know, camping area, you know? So then at, um, at approximately 8.30, uh, still on June 23rd, this officer told Frank, Ronnie's dad, that the search efforts are being called off due to poor lighting and swift water conditions. So the water is still swift and the lighting is very poor. He he informed Frank the search efforts would resume in the morning. Frank became very upset, stating, I pay my taxes. You know how how many homes I own in this town. 
Frank stated he was going to get his Husqvarna and go up the backside of Telegraph and continue looking for Ronnie. So I'm assuming that's another boat, I guess. I don't know if it's a boat or if, so, if it's a car. That's a, that's a motorcycle. That's a motorcycle. Okay. All right. No problem. Yeah. Um, okay. So he's going to go up and basically he's going to continue continue looking for for his son. There's other family members there. There's a, there's a large crowd forming at this scene. So, you know, I, I'm hoping it sounds like he wasn't the only one that was going to be there looking. Um, so he continues looking and he, the re, reporting officer says it should be noted as Frank was about to leave the scene. Frank stated approximately two weeks ago, Ronnie told his father he didn't want to live anymore. Frank stated Ronnie told him this life is fucked and I can't get ahead. I asked Frank if he thought Ronnie would ever commit suicide and Frank stated no. Ronnie was just feeling depressed. It's an interesting thing to kind of put into this and I don't know how this came up or if Frank was asked or if Frank would vol. It doesn't sound like he would volunteer something like that, but it just seems kind of weird. We're going to see a few weird things in there um, in these reports that kind of match that where it's it's like, OK, they're putting this in here and my mind sub- subconsciously, it's like, OK, well, it puts doubt you know it, it it leads more and more credence i guess i should say to okay well maybe this guy maybe he maybe he wanted to kill himself maybe ronnie just didn't care about life and knew that this river was dangerous but he but he but he jumped in he was feeling great he was feeling good and he just decided to just jump in um and what you know what well, i that, that, if you look it up i'm, I'm just guessing um the, the, the choice of, of suicide, um, I think jumping in the river to yourself is probably way down the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would it would seem like like that. I mean, it, it's something that the police would ask, right? They would want to know if he has any yeah. history like that, or if he's ever trying to kill himself, or any of that stuff. So I can I can un- understand them asking that, um, putting it into this document. Not you know, it's okay. Like it's not that big of a deal but it, it i don't know it just it it seemed kind of out of out of place um i don't know maybe that's making too much of that but so let's see well, I mean, oh I'm, I'm sorry i just go before you go on just yeah. we'll just put it on head what, what's the mo on the on the on it being a homicide and that, that's all you know mm-hmm Great point there. Uh, okay, so let's continue on. Um, skip down to page 12, page 13. Supplemental report dated 624-2017 by Deputy Jay Totten. On uh, June 23, 2017, at approximately 1546 hours, I received a report of a missing swimmer in the river near Cable Rock. Uh, I had dispatch call out. Okay, so this is another officer. He's given his testimony about what, what he saw. I arrived and observed the BLM River Ranger was on scene and was speaking to possible witnesses. Steven, do you know anything about what the BLM River Ranger is? It just sounds like a, almost like a park recreational person or something. I don't know. It, it's a weird term. I've never heard. I, no, I've never, I've never seen it either. I'm reading it right now. Um, I, I assume it's 
Um, it's their law enforcement for Bureau of Land Management on a river. What is BLM? Because I know it's not Black Lives Matter, but it, I forget what it is. Uh, this came up. This <laughs> came up with another Bureau case. of Land Management. Okay. Bureau of Land yeah. Management. Bureau of Land Management. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Okay. Bureau, yeah. Yeah, I've seen this come up in an, an, another case, and I was like, wait a minute. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen River. No, I've never seen River Ranger, but that, 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 well, the thing is that that's going to be. I mean, if it's BLM River Ranger, that's federal jurisdiction. Gotcha. By the way. Oh, interesting. Good to know. Yeah. Okay. It came up mm-hmm. in that case in Oregon, right? That's it. That's Where it. The... Yep. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking about. Okay, so um, then he says uh, was, uh, he was speaking to possible witnesses. I started a downriver search from the point last seen. So, I, I mean, I, again, it's like giving them three, four days. I'll, I'll give them six, six days. And if they're able to travel this river down, how far down this river did they actually go? Um, and it's just, did they go to the to the to the Bagby Recreation Area? It seems like seems like they should have at least within six days. Somebody should have, and that will be the big well, problem. Let me, yeah. Let me let me add this: when you, when you do a when you do a grid search for uh, search and rescue. You, you grid extendedly to the, the age, shape, this, that, conditions, hills, no hills, water, no water, how fast is the water, you know, whatever it is, and you put the grid way out there and you start searching back also. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, in, in normal conditions, bearing bear injury, a man can walk uh, four miles an hour, okay? Mm-hmm. So that you put it in the river, how fast does it move or whatever. Um, as far as the search goes, you put the search, you, you don't, you start there, but you extended that, you know, it's, it's going to move the body somewhere. And them not to find it earlier is, is a question. And uh, still on page 13, um, search and rescue volunteer David Thorpe is going to be another person that we're going to need to pay pay very close attention to as well. Um, David Thorpe arrived at 1648 hours and spoke to potential witnesses. He spoke with two females that I was not uh, aware of and did not identify. The two females were, were not part of the group that was with the, the, the missing swimmer. So here's where these, this is where, again, it gets a little interesting here with these two females these unidentified females at this point um, they told Thorpe that one of the females observed the swimmer later identified as Ronnie Cole go into the water above Cable Rock and swim around the rock she thinks he was going to come around the rock and come out on the other side she lost sight of him and he did not come out so this rock because this is going to be another big thing where People see him jump in, they see him swim around this rock, and then they don't see him. So how does that, how does that work? How does, how does it work when, this, this is why I want to get a good visual of this area from ground level to see if you're standing where these people are, which the police are, 
David Thorpe is, this ranger is, they, they all are, so they should be able to pretty much see that what these unidentified females, what these, uh, the people that are on ground, what they're telling them, should be able to, to verify that pretty quickly to yeah. say. Let me, let me say this, as a former officer, and I, I, I served in the Bay Area, not up in the mountains, we didn't have search and rescue in San Francisco, but, um, you have a volunteer that's talked to a couple unidentified females. You know what? A volunteer, rescue volunteer? Are you kidding me? Those are people that, like, you know, are, are plumbers that do other jobs. They're not, they're a volunteer. They only go out when people are missing. They're not used to investigations and reports. And this guy speaks to two different women, but there's no names here. I'd like to, I'd like to speak to those women. I mean, you know, it's typically, you know, this this corroborates Brandy is that the one's up on one's, one's up on a rock like a hawk looking down. He disappears. I mean, you know, un, unidentified, and it's a volunteer who who interviewed him. That just doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know, I mean, really. <laughs> um, Sophia, any thoughts on that? Thoughts on uh, that? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Oops. I have some echo there. <laughs> uh... Search and rescue volunteer. I, I, like I said before, I'm learning all about this case, and I am too. It's all new to me. This is a lot of stuff that I don't know about yet. (laughs) This is why it's been interesting to listen to Stephen because at least he has worked in in the law enforcement and then other fields too so it's been helpful listening to what he has to say okay thank you give me one second hold on for one second okay no sophia my my background with that county is what brings brings me out to this and the recent um jerry cox case and everything this county is been doing this for a long time. Okay. So the corruption leads to back to the Contras and um, the guns in Lima, Arkansas. And Mariposa was the major West Coast distributor during the Raleigh North Contras and Barry Seal days, and that's a record. And they don't hide it. You know? Um, and it, you know, they don't they don't relinquish, relinquish power, and it's still the old old boys network there and the whole thing, and um, yeah, the gateway to assembly is very evil, and it has been. Yeah, I remember you talking about Mariposa County and how it was extremely corrupt and this was in a different uh, conversation that you had with Greg in regards to your background and the uh, Philip Philip Marshall yes thank you case and uh, so as soon as this case popped up and I saw that it was Mariposa County I was like oh yeah that." <laughs> Gonna be interesting. I know, you know what? I, I, you know what? I, I never, I never took acid in my life, but this would be a flashback. It was, it, it, it you know what? And I can tell you, it was, you know, twenty some years ago, twenty five years ago, with um, 
with my first dance with Mariposa. Um, and I was so naive back then. I'm 61 now. I I was just going after a guy who jumps bond and, you know, and, and you know, uh, people say saying that, uh, you know, you're getting set up. And I found out I was getting set up by the cops in Mariposa. It's, it's a record. And I had to go, you know, had to go to trial. It cost me $50,000 to defend myself in 1995-96 when I was going to be um, indicted. I was looking at, my attorney told me I was looking at three to five years in prison. And I did nothing wrong on the bounty. And I had to prove my case, and I did. And, um, and I think it cost my marriage and everything. And so I have, I have, a, I have a very deep, dark relationship with Mariposa County. And when you're a former police officer, it, it, it really makes it worse. Yeah, that's just, that's not cool. I know it is. I'm a pretty good guy, but I mean, I, I, like, I just do my job, but. Yeah. When I and at least you're upfront about it, too, you know. Oh, yeah, like, sure. Hey, <laughs> this happens. Hey, people, it happens. It, it does happen. And, you know, and when I, when I researched it years later and how it tied it into Clinton and Mariposa and the, the cocaine. And, you know, there's, there's, an there's an excellent book out by Dennis McDougall, who's a former uh, Los Angeles Times uh, criminal uh, reporter for 20 years. He also wrote the first book on, on Kerry Stain and the Yosemite case. And I, I give kudos to Dennis. He was just on with William Ramsey last week. And he just wrote another book. But his book, uh, The Last Mogul, about Lee Watson in Hollywood, and it ties, mm -hmm. all the cocaine, it ties all the cocaine to Yosemite Park. All the, all the cocaine in Hollywood in the 70s went through Yosemite Park. Guess what? There are poses right there that they control it. And it's, it's all true. Wow. Yeah, I funny. actually did buy your book. I just haven't had a chance to read it yet. <laughs> so. Oh, it's great. Well, thank it's, you. Yeah, it's, um, you'll love it. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a fast read. And, you know, we, we've been on a couple of shows with Greg, so you know how I am. You'll, you'll, go, you'll, you'll, hear me, you'll hear me speaking through my words and go, oh, yeah, that's how it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, let's keep going here. Um, so we talked about the two unnamed females. They will come into play a little bit later on. Uh, okay, so that's one female that um, lost sight of him, saw him jump in. That's going to be a big part of the police's theory, too. Um, the fact that somebody who didn't know anybody involved in this um, said that they were they were in there, too. So the other female was on top of Cable Rock and observed him swim by struggling and going underwater a couple times. And she lost sight of, of him. So we have two people, it sounds like, in two different areas saw him struggling going underwater and then they lose sight of him that's it i mean it's really just he's he's they lose sight of him he's missing done okay um no evidence of drowning i mean just because you lose sight of him because he goes under a couple times and i don't know it's just it's, I, I just have a really hard time with that um uh, we do have some people in the uh, chat room here too. Um, Catherine is joining us in the chat room. She wants, see if she wants me to ask you what eddies and strainers are. Oh, eddies, eddies and the strains are areas where the water will come down like on a, on a flow over a rock where it's maybe a little bit fast and then settle into a pond type 
uh, maybe a deeper area, but it won't it won't move anything. It'll mostly go you know lower. So it's, it's kind of a still water after rough water. Interesting. And, and strainers is that similar? Or? No, I just, no, it was it was streams. It was a stream. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's in a, it's called an eddy. Okay. Cool, Catherine. Keep those okay, questions. That's coming. what I'm thinking. <laughs> might have happened with his body where it got as he was going down it kind of got caught onto the tree and then it kind of created like that I guess what Stephen said was the eddy where it's almost like a a pool area and that's where the suit and the dirt started gathering on top of him but I'm I'd have to see that area to be able to know for sure. This is oh. just a, an educated sure. guess. Yeah. Nice. Okay, I see what Catherine is talking about here, where they say the the volunteers, the ranger, and deputies did a hasty search downriver. From the point last seen, we checked near the bank in eddies and strainers, looking for any signs. Um, they had a CHP hel- helicopter arrived at 1,700 hours. Uh, and started searching downriver. So they had hours, 1,700 hours, and then it's called off at 2030. So, I mean, that's three and a half hours of a CHP helicopter being able to go back and forth, I, I guess. I don't know how many times it went back and forth, but still, still a lot of time. To I mean, it just seems like if there was a body there in that river, they would have seen it. I just, I just feel like somebody would have seen okay. this. You know what? You you just you just hit another another nail on the head, Greg. Um, you know, we're, we're talking a helicopter up in the same day, probably up the second day too, and third day. But you know, the body's not moving thirty miles an hour. It's moving, you know, two three miles an hour, whatever it is, uh, two three miles a day. I mean, one mile, whatever it is. And you know what? The helicopter. Is gonna is gonna fly that that distance, short distance, and yeah, you're gonna see that thing. It, it's gonna stick out, I believe. I mean, unless it was underwater and trapped underneath a rock, you know. Yeah, I agree. And don't they have like heat seeking or heat sensors on these uh, helicopters? Oh, well, yeah. Hell, you know, in helicopters, unless it, unless it's in a big city, helicopters never, never, never fly at night in the mountains ever. Okay. okay that makes sense. Yeah, that, that that's the reason they pull. Search, and search and rescue is it's more it's so dangerous for guys in a river at night in little headlamps. Maybe that's why the searches are always called off in certain situations when it gets dark. You know. Okay. Thank you. So let's see. Uh, units actively search from Cable Cable Rock to Willow Placer Campground. So that's another uh, thing to know. Where is this Willer Placer Willow Placer Campground in relation to where the body is found in the Bugby Rec- Recreational Area? Um, so we can see then by that how far down they actually went. Um, so that I'm just going to make a note of the Willer Willow. Placer campground, something to check up on. How far down does that go? The water only goes one one way, so it's you know it's there's no. It's isn't like a body that's moving 
up and down this this river it seems like it's just moving one one way but uh they searched until sundown with negative results okay uh i advise patrol units to frequently check the area until the search could resume in the morning so that's pretty interesting too uh let's see per dreamflow's website the river flow below Briceburg at noon on Friday, June 23rd, 2017 was 7.750 cubic feet per second. They have to translate that for me. And the water temperature was estimated in the low 50s Fahrenheit. So um, the flow being 7 point... I'm going to write that down too. Flow being 7.750 cubic per second okay and the water is below 50 Fahrenheit that's on page 13 of 39 all right um, let's move on here this is for another deputy Ramirez, uh, still dated 624-2017. Pretty much going to give, he's going to, they're going to give the same type of thing. They went down, they went to check. Um, they had a boat that went and checked upstream from Bagby along with SAR member Jim Bishop, Bishop on a personal watercraft. So it's, they went approximately three miles up upstream they're in Bagby. I mean, if I'm looking at this on page 15 here, um, it kind of looks like they checked this area. So if they checked this area, didn't find the body, six, seven days later, the body turns up there. Uh, they got a they got a big problem with their their theory that this guy drowned. The body went down river and nobody saw it for seven, eight days. I don't know if you've ever listened to the 411, the missing 411 cases. Yeah. But those happens a lot where somebody goes missing, they, they have searchers out there looking, and it covers this area over and over and over, and then that's where the body's found, like right there out on the trail in the wide open. Oh, well, you're, you're, you're exactly. When I was working um, a little bit of the Chandra Levy case before um, they found her body, I talked to a few people. I met with Chandra Levy's parents, but I didn't do anything with the case specifically. But when you take 500 guys at a D.C. police academy and everybody else, and a month later, two private investigators find her under some leaves in D.C., yeah, that, that's, they, they move the bodies all the time. I totally did not hear a single word you said. Uh, the kids were screaming in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to stay on, actually, Greg. Okay. However long you can. <laughs> so the dive team members checked the eddies in calm water on the river right in several places. So they had dive teams there, too. 
Uh, in addition, BLM Rangers briefed the commercial rafting companies and guides. It should be noticed approximately 20 rafts floated in the area during the afternoon hours. So that that's the thing I know, Sophia, you had brought brought this up about any other rafts or any other you know people in this area. Um, this does say on page 15 that there were approximately 20 rafts that floated in the area i'm assuming you know you have to rent those rafts so that means there are people in those rafts uh floating in that area you would think somebody would have seen something mm-hmm. that's what i've been thinking too i mean wow you know what i just read that that's so true that's kind of weird uh going down yeah page 16 supplement 03 uh, June 24 2017 this is written by Charmin Charmin or Charmin whatever you pronounce it and uh, he continually briefed multiple family members on what was occurring and any other questions they had I, I informed the family including Ronnie's father Frank Cole that due to lack of leads in locating Ronnie and low likelihood of a rescue that search efforts would be decreased before ceasing altogether for this time so okay at some point they're pretty much they already know look we got to call off this search at least for the night i explained that we had done all that we could do and that anything further would endanger the lives of the sar volunteers until the water receded the family was understanding and thanked us for our efforts okay that's page 16 there Um, then we go down to page 17 on 627 2017 another so we have possibly uh, three days before they search again is that what they're saying because they ended on, two, they ended on June 24th we don't know if they went back out again we got, the, we got the other search uh, with the helicopter three days later I just wondered did they do something between then and there yeah, it sounds like um, so so far, you know, they're just uh, on June 20, 23rd when the body goes missing, they call off that search. They go back on June 24th. They're they're looking around again. Uh, how much area can they can they cover here? Right. Um, and they don't find any any anything. They don't find any. Here's the, here's, the, here's, the, here's the caveat on this thing. They, they were done with the search with a dangerous star vol- you know, search and rescue volunteers until the water receded. That could be a month from now. Gotcha. I mean, water receded, they can walk along the shores. So I'm, I'm questioning that. And go ahead, we got the chopper up three days later. I just, I just gotcha. I that. See, yeah, I see what, what you're saying. And, and that's why here on page, yeah. page 17, where they come back. <laughs> yeah, and um, at approximately 0830 hours, uh, they conducted a helicopter overflight from Bagby to Cable Rock. Now, this Bagby is very important because that's where the body will be found. You only hear about Bagby really in the early stages, in these early early documents, but it's not really brought up. Well, if they search this area, what is the likelihood that they could have missed this? Searching from Bagby to Cable Rock, searching from Cable Rock to Bagby, uh, flying overhead, going downstream uh taking a motorcycle like um 
uh, like Ronnie's father did, what is the likelihood that they would search this area, not find the body? And then we have another missing 411 case where a body just ends up uh, in some area that they've previously searched. It's strange. Well, you know, the, the, there, was a, there was a family member that actually found the body, right? Correct. Correct. Okay, so you have a family member eight days later that finds the body, and you have you know, 20 raptors in there. It's like next to 4th of July. Every, you know, it's got eight miles. It's occupied. It's summertime. And the helicopter's flying over, and they're down on the motorcycle, and they don't see somebody floating out of the river or caught up earlier or whatever. There's a lot of there's a lot of action on that river for eight miles, Greg. I'm I'm thinking. Yeah. 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 And this says that the helicopter was about thirty feet above water. So that's I mean, I, whoa! I, <laughs> they should see something. You might, well have, you might as well have a boat. That is. <laughs> That's fantastic. How come they didn't see anything? Because there was nothing there, apparently. I mean, that's yeah, the only logical thing, right? You know what? Let's think, let's think about this. 30, 30 feet off of the deck on a chopper up the Merced River between Bagby and Cable Rock. 30 feet. They have that kind of uh, opportunity and safe and everything else. I mean, come on. I didn't realize they were 30 feet. <laughs> I, I mean, I could spit that far. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, great, and they can hover. I mean, wow. Okay, they missed it. They missed I mean, it. it was because it wasn't there, <laughs> like you're saying. Yeah, and they and, and they went by. <laughs> <You're twice. right. laughs> yeah, it looks like they went by twice too. I mean, so it wasn't just like they flew over once; they flew over twice and didn't see anything. You know what? Why why did they only fly over twice? And that's I mean. You got somebody missing. That chopper should be up for the next five or six days, I would think. Yeah. I mean, the guy went in the river. He's going to be in the river. So, you know, but even then, like you said, two days of flight. I we weren't there. We don't we don't know. But you know, I've never I've never been up in one on a search and rescue, so I don't know. But I think at thirty feet, you, you can see the fish. I would think so. I just did. <laughs> Yeah, so they do that uh, twice on um, June 27th, first time at 8.30, and then the second time at 1 p.m. So and that's, that's all, th- that's all that, that they say. That's on page 17. Um, page 18, now we're getting into, starting at page 18 is where they kind of, this is where they find the actual body here. So we've kind of covered a lot of that. Um this is an interesting thing so de- detective charman i i need to settle on if i'm going to call him charman or charman i'm just going to call him charman uh, detective charman drove to the bryceburg area to check but was advised that the reporting party called back and said that it was near bagby recreation center so there were two calls uh something happened when okay so let me go back here on July 1st, 2017, at approximately 12.07 p.m., the dispatched ed- advised Detective Charman that they received a call on 911 that someone had found a body in the river, but the reporting party lost cell service, and they were unable to get any more in- information. I always thought that that was kind of weird. 
Um, and I'm not clear about, you know, this, the person calls back. They want, it, it just seemed like at this point somebody wants the police to find this body. They want to find this body. At this point, you have to think that, um, I mean, this kid goes missing on June 20, 23rd. You have to think that the theories about what happened, everything, who might have been involved, all this stuff is festering. It's building up. It's more questions. The more that they don't find this this kid, the more theories are being thrown out, the more accusations as to who was involved, as to if there was any foul play, all that stuff. And then on July 1st, somebody calls and tells them where the body is so this isn't this isn't like they were still searching for this body this is somebody calling twice and letting them know where the body was it just always it just always seemed weird to me it always kind of stuck out to me a little bit oh no when they called the body in july 1st yes at 1207 and when was the second time that it was called in? The so, same day? so yes. So that same that same day, um, at uh, maybe a couple minutes later. So they called nine one one. They lost cell service, and then I guess they called they called back. So within a couple minutes. Okay. Um, Honestly, so, I don't see that as odd. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, I mean, the whole thing to me is, is odd. Everything is odd. So what I'm trying to, to figure out is to, to take what I think is odd and to make sense of it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> as long as there's some sense that I can make, then I can dis- discount that odd thing as just, you know, something that at first might seem odd, but there's a logical reason for it. Oh, oh, Greg, we, we don't know who the RPO reporting party was on July 1st, do we? I think we're going to find out. I think as we keep reading on here, I, I do oh, okay. think, yeah, I do think we, we find out okay. who, who that is, I, I believe okay. so. So um, we're still on page 18 here. So um, they go and check this area. The police go... Um, with search and rescue units and they go and check what uh, what appeared to be Ronnie um, and we've already covered how the body was found all of that uh, it was gone for eight for eight days so they were able to collect the body etc etc and they thought that it was him and uh, that's all for this one on page 18 so going down to page 19 by Deputy H- Hendricks. This is dated 7-3-2017. On July 1st, 2017, I was contacted by Sergeant Land, who stated Ronnie's body had been pulled from the water and that his family said they believed he was actually murdered. So the family, at this point, thinks that he was, he was killed. Um... Hendricks goes on, I was advised that due to Frank's frame of mind at this time that it would be better that I contact him tomorrow. I was also advised that Frank had been informed that there were witnesses from out of town that saw Ronnie jump in the water, but he was in denial. This whole thing, starting at page 19, this is where it's like, 
sub subconsciously I, you know they're giving me everything that i need to doubt what frank is saying about his son being murdered it's it's just a weird way to start this this whole thing it's i, I don't know it's just it's just another interesting um report here that i that i see um so let me keep going on so frank was in denial from having previously reading this report i knew that sar had made contact with someone but did not get a name or contact information maybe they didn't okay so i checked facebook and read any comments and posts related to the incident i found that someone named juliana thomason had made a comment on the sheriff's office press release that stated my friend literally saw the young man jump off the rock now here's another thing so and i've seen this with other other cases it's um you have the reports where anybody who who kind of casts doubts on you know the uh, official theory is they're they're reported about in a in a weird way they're not in the right frame of mind um and then you have those facebook posts the random facebook posts where somebody pretty much is saying what the police said is true i i literally my friend literally saw the young man jump off of the rock somehow that is supposed to lead to ronnie um jumping off and because they saw him jump off subconsciously i'm supposed to think that that means that he fell in drowned i mean that's when i was reading this for the for the first time that's what i was thinking i was like well okay like why okay your friend literally saw him jump off the rocks so what what does that have have to do with proving or disproving whether he drowned or not and that's all that that i see here from a a lot of this stuff that we're going to read from pages 19 down it's just a lot of well we saw him jump because they're they want to make sure that they say that nobody pushed him this is what's going to come into play this is going to be the big question was ronnie pushed or did he jump that's going to be the big question here um as we kind of wind down this this session here i i I think that's where uh all of us are going to have to you know say what do you think happened based on this evidence based on everything that that we see here um did and and at at this point i'm going to say that you know obviously i see more evidence to show that he did jump as we keep reading and as we learn more and as we talk with some of the family members we're going to hear other other sides we're going to hear other things that maybe show that ronnie didn't jump but that is the big question because if it can be proven that he jumped or if it can be proven that he was pushed obviously we get closer to finding what the answer is to what this truth is so that's where um you know at at this point when i was reading this for the first time i was like okay i really need to think about that okay my friend literally saw the young man jump so the officer says i sent her a facebook message but she did not respond i was later able to obtain her contact information from the modesto police department i contacted juliana and advised her the reason for my call she said she was not at the river but her friend mandy unknown last name was the one who had seen ronnie jump into the river 
I asked if she knew if Mandy knew Ronnie, and she said Mandy told her she did not know Ronnie. This is also very important. This Mandy did not know Ronnie, according to the friend. Okay, I'm just making a note of that. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they all all know each other. and You know, like, I I go back to the photographs of uh, Cable Rock, and, you know, I feel the tense. You know, it's it's a Friday in late June. There's people around. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so she said, uh, I asked Manny, she said Manny did not know him. Juliana told me that she did not have Manny's, Mandy's contact information, but would be able to get it to me on Monday when she goes to work. And the problem is, (laughs) that's not what happens. So, um, we'll find that out later too. So on July 2nd, 2017, I contacted Frank at his residence. I told Frank that it was my understanding he had been advised that I would be contacting him today. He said he was not told. I told him that I was there to speak to him in regards to some comments he made about not believing that Ronnie had drowned. So by this point, they're all thinking like who where is this theory coming from? Where does this this theory start that Ronnie had drowned they had just found this this body 24 hours within 20 24 hours here uh the autopsy doesn't come back for like another month right it comes back i think july 20th um but i mean where does why are we assuming that ronnie had drowned period it's so weird so he says he wanted to know what i was told he was saying i told him that i just explained to him and asked if he had told anyone that he believed ronnie's death was a homicide frank became defensive and asked what the sheriff's office thinks happened and who i believed i again explained to him that i wanted to hear what he had to to say frank told me ronnie called him on the friday he went missing and said he was coming over to the house Frank said he never showed up, and the next thing he knew, he was missing in the river. Frank stated Luke Wiley killed Ronnie, and Brandy Wiley was also involved. Frank said Ronnie had been slinging dope for Brandy for the past three months and did not want to do it anymore, so Brandy was mad. Frank said Ronnie was also dating Brandy for the couple of weeks at some point and didn't want to be with her anymore. Frank said Brandy was not willing to let Ronnie go and that if she could not have him, no one could. Frank said Ronnie had been hiding from Brandy for three days and he told Frank he didn't want to see her anymore. Frank started talking about how Brandy would always come over and was not welcome there and would laugh at him when he would tell her to leave. Frank then became very agitated and said that Brandy did a quote-unquote home invasion on their house. I asked if he ever reported and he said he did not. He began rambling about Luke and Brandy and they fight all of the time and that Luke threatens her and then beats her up. Frank said Luke was mad at Brandy. Go ahead. Did he seriously write rambling? He did. He began rambling about Luke and Brandy. That's what he says. That's exactly what, what he writes. Wow. And they fight all the oh, time. <laughs> and that Luke threatens her and then beats her up. Frank said Luke was mad at Brandy for hanging out with Ronnie and did not like it. I asked Frank if he ever called the report 
I asked Frank if he ever called to report Brandy being at his house of the home. Uh, being at his house of the home invasion incident, and he said he did not. So let me read that again. I asked Frank if he ever called to report Brandy being at his... Okay, so... All right, I told him that without documentation, I have no history that shows this occurring. He just... Even though Frank is telling him what, what, what happened, he's saying, well, because you didn't report it, I have no history. But now he does have a history. Now that Frank is telling him this there i mean it's it's just weird the way this whole i don't know this report is just written yeah, really exactly. yeah. yeah let me let me say something here is, sure. um, that um ronnie, ronnie got involved in the dope trade he wanted to get out luke is being protected by mariposa because luke is a big player in the crack trade there that's the only reason and it goes whether it goes to the pizza factory or whatever so he wants to leave brandy probably has feelings you know what, Brandy uh, and Luke uh, had a sexual relationship, whatever it was, um, you know, Brandy and, and Ronnie. Um, so I think that um, uh, he was involved in, in a dope trade that he wanted to get out of that was bigger than him. And that's why Luke's out on parole now. Yeah, I can totally see why the dad thought that he was murdered and I mean, wow, there's a lot more to this story. It, it, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a cover-up is what we're looking at in a possible homicide that he didn't drown, and we're putting it together, and he's found with his pants off, but his shoe is still on. That, that, that right there, Greg, when you hit on that, 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 I think that's huge for me, at least. Yeah, and then how the officer was just dismissive of the father's feelings. I mean, he's already grieving as it is, but he's got legit reasons for why he's feeling this way, and he's like, here, I'm here to brainwash you into believing that your son drowned. And, you know, look at all these... Yeah, look at all all these threatening, there's witnesses there. It just, you know, the the second question with Greg is, the body goes eight miles down the river, and, and, you know, you know, eight days before July, and there's people camping and nobody sees him. The helicopter, nobody. You know, he he was he was taken and, and maybe tortured. I don't know, but he was placed back eight miles down river. And with the type of decomp that he had, I could see that if he was outside, exposed to the elements and stuff like that, but in the water that's like between 50 and 60 degrees, I just don't see that advanced type of decomp that fast. And that, that's the best call with, with, the, with the weather and temperature. I mean, eight days, the body's in definitely decomposition. I don't care if you're in a freezer almost. Of course. My, big, my biggest thing, you, you know, the, the, where the search is, was conducted and the amount of that, I mean, it's just, I've, I've been I've been to the Merced River, not that area, but it, it's big, but there's not many people, I think somebody would have saw him, um, you know, this kid's swam that place before, and, we, you know, we have, we have a vo- volunteer search and rescue guy that took a statement, and there's no names, and he's a volunteer, I mean, this guy, this is no more than the guy runs the garage. They just run out there when somebody's missing. They're not. They're not professionals. Yeah. So 
Catherine is saying uh, bodies decomp faster in water. Um, the decomp matches okay. the time missing. Okay, that's good to know. I'm asking about okay. the, the weight, about the water or weight. Um, Do they okay. gain more weight there? <laughs> but... Only because of temperature. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, yeah, so to me, go ahead. It, it just seems that, but I'm, I'm not, this isn't my field, so. <laughs> well, you know, let's put, it, let's put it all together. There's a love triangle between Willie, or Luke Willie, Brandy Willie, and Ronnie Cole. Ronnie wants to get out of the drug trade. Brandy probably likes him. They did their thing together, whatever. Of course, Luke's not going to like it. He's looking at seven and a half years with just a six and ten quid. He gets a parole. Uh, Bond basically is 17 Bond. He's out. He, he causes havoc. Ronnie's dead. And you know what? There you go. It's just how you can approve that. And um, so, Sophia, I think you brought up a really good point there, too, is that they, you know, th- the way that all this is written, it's just like they're discounting everything that Frank is, is saying here. Um, and we mm-hmm. see that from the from the very start. You know, it's just... He's not. He's in denial. He's you know this. He's rambling about this this stuff, and it's just like I don't know what their relationship is with with Frank. Do they know this guy? Does he have a history of rambling or of making stuff up? Like why aren't they taking him seriously? They don't know anything about this case yet. That's just very offensive. Just to write in a police report that these parents are going to be right reading it it's very dismissive yeah and just like wow you know uh care level zero right now because you could care less about this man and what he's going through but okay yeah yeah it's like they don't want to hear it uh, Frank then started talking about how he knows exactly what happened. He said Brandy had someone chase Ronnie in a vehicle and run him off of the road, causing him to wreck his car. Frank said it was previously arranged that once Ronnie's car was wrecked, that someone would pick Ronnie up and take him to the river where Luke was waiting to kill him. I asked him how he knew this, and he said Ronnie told him. I advised Frank that a CHP officer and uh and had stopped and spoken to ronnie while he was waiting with his vehicle and he did not tell them anything about being ran off the road or chased by anyone i asked frank why ronnie would not have reported that and he laughed and said he was scared i asked frank what ronnie called and told about being chased and ran off the road frank said ronnie never called him and that he just knows that this is what happened then um after then trying to tell me how he knows someone that saw it happen he admitted he did not know of anyone who did i then spoke with donna cole frank's mother who he had called to come to talk to me uh donna told me that she was at the river when this happened frank told me he was there too I told them I believe they were not there when it had happened, but arrived later after they were contacted and advised of the situation. Frank continually argued that he was there. So now this officer, who was not there when all this happened, is going to tell them... um, That he wasn't there. (laughs) He wasn't there when all this happened. Uh, I don't know. It just gets weirder and weirder here. Um, 
Donna said that she and like would... you said, there very well could have been some history between the officer and Frank. We just don't know that because of they don't say it in the the reports. Yeah, I mean, but... I I also wasn't there. I also don't know if Frank was was there or if Donna was there. But um, if I'm gonna say that, uh, I should be able to have reasons. So instead of just you know saying this cop is is saying he doesn't think that frank was was there um it'd be nice to know why it'd be nice to know why he thinks that frank was not there so um i asked both donna said she was the first family member to uh, arrive i asked both of them if they were actually there at the time ronnie went into the river and they agreed that they were not donnie's donna said when she was there, she was approached by Deborah. So Debbie's the other lady, uh, the other person that was with Brandy. So it's Brandy, Debbie, and Ronnie. Those are the three. They were driving around. Donna said she saw some other people and she had asked Deborah who they were. Donna said Deborah told her that it was Brandy and thought she said Luke, but she could not remember. Uh, so this is where it gets a little weird, where Frank's Frank's mom, you know, it's like, was Luke there? Was Luke not there? This is the only time where we kind of get someone who thinks uh, Luke was, was there when all of this happened, too. Um, while Donna was speaking with me, it appeared that Frank was attempting to influence her to say Luke was there. Donna then told me that she thought Luke was there but did not know. So she, she sounds like she's being honest about it. I asked her if she knows Luke, and she said she does not. She then said that she thinks he was there, but did not know if he was or not. It's it's, it's just it's just weird. <laughs> this whole thing is just well, maybe yes, maybe maybe no, but you know you this. Know is... <laughs> Go ahead, Greg. Greg, you know what? I, like I said, I work for Mariposa County, and man, everybody. I mean, the town is twenty five hundred people, man. You know, <laughs> he was there. I don't I don't know who he is, but maybe he was there, but I never saw him before. You know what? All this is BS. This would be good to get her statement, to get Donna's, to get a statement from Donna. Just, just have her say. You know, it's, it sounds like he's almost feeding her things, and then you have Frank. Sure. Uh, you know, he's he's making it seem like Frank is feeding her stuff, but we don't know exactly what he, what this officer is saying to to Donna to get these responses to make her doubt police have a good way of making you doubt something they're very good at that well are you are you sure are you 100 percent sure you know you don't want to lie we don't want to get you under under oath to me it just seems like a sincere person is just kind of being badgered it's kind of the way i took sure, it absolutely but you know um ronnie cole's father was he, was he was highly connected in that county also oh really I didn't know that. He was oh, right? sure, yeah. No, he, Ronnie, Ronnie Cole's dad uh, had a lot. Of, had he carried a lot of water in Mariposa County. I don't. I didn't know that. Wow. Maybe it's deeper. Maybe this whole thing is a lot deeper. It, uh, yeah, no, it is. It, 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 it is definitely deeper. Um, I mean, you know, the the thing, the thing is, is is, is Luke uh, Willie running around without restraint on parole and. Nobody, nobody wants to report anything because, in my experience, they're scared to report anything. Nothing's going to be done. He's being protected. Sure. 
I, I, I had people call. I had people call me from New York that left Mariposa when I was doing the Cliff Watkins case. That left the county, moved to, literally moved to New York, and, and because of things that had happened in Mariposa, people people were threatened and they left. That's just crazy. Yeah. Well, guys, I'm gonna have to jump off. Uh, I need to go relieve my daughter from the kids. Cause okay. They have been extra special today. <laughs> well, thank you for for joining us, and um, we'll, we're definitely gonna come back and do a part two. Um, and I uh, hope you can join us for that one there too. Um, Absolutely, and I hope Catherine and Stephen are you gonna join us for part two? Absolutely. Okay, that would be great. You guys have a wonderful rest of the weekend, and take care of yourself. Thank you, Sophia. You too. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Greg. Yeah. Let's, let's go. Call me. Yeah, and let's um, let's let's finish up here with this report here. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. No, no, go ahead. No, I'm I'm doing that. Go ahead. Okay. So um. Still staying on Donna, on Frank's mom, which will be Ronnie's, Ronnie's grandmother. Um, here we go. Donna said. Uh, Donna said she saw some other people and she asked Deborah who they were. Okay, went through that. While she was speaking with me, it appeared that Frank was attempting to influence her to say Luke was there. I asked her if she knows Luke. She said she did not. She then said she thinks he was there but did not know if he was or not. She then said maybe he was there at some time but did not recall when. She said she recalled there being a man there. This is important because there was a man there. So um, it wouldn't be too hard to figure out if it was luke or not and thought that it might have been luke she she said she thought she recalled brandy's state to her ex that her ex was i'm I'm gonna reread that again uh donna said she thought she recalled brandy's state to her that her ex was coming and thought that she was talking about luke but that might have been two days later i asked donna if she i mean the whole thing two days later like she either know donna donna clearly knows if this was two days sure. later or not it just seems like this cop is just kind of throwing in that stuff but i don't know again oh, yeah. I, I i wasn't there so i can't i can only speculate but the cop asked donna if she knows what luke looks like and she said she does not so that is a very valid point because how are you going to say that you know it, it was luke um it, uh, we have to also take into account this is days days later too you know we're we're, we're talking about right. asking donna to recall something that happened eight days prior with all of the family there with this cop you know continually asking her if if she's sure or not um so i mean i i would think by eight days later you know i mean show her a picture she, she can probably she can probably tell you if you showed her a picture of luke she'd probably be able to tell you if that was the guy that was there or not the point is there was a guy there there was some other guy there and this is one of the only times that we hear about any other guy there um so donna then said that she would not be able to pick him up out if he was standing in front of her because she does not know him um you can't look at a guy and recognize him because you recognize him but you don't know him so you can't recognize him 
yeah it just seems like a weird way to go about trying yeah. to yeah. i mean yeah. this this also doesn't doesn't help luke you know if luke is it wasn't there or anything like you would you would think the cops would at least do a good job of of you know saying hey here's a picture of of luke was was this guy there does this look like the man who was who was there it just doesn't seem like you know they're even giving her that option um at least the way that this report reads at least um so she said it's it's like it's like a misnomer with the the, the, they use the word grant grant it's a great dawn is the grandmother but luke's 19 you know, uh, his father could be, you know, 40, and his grandmother could be 60, and I'm 61, and I see great. So, I mean, you know, we don't know the, it, it, sound, it makes it sound like maybe, you know, if she was a, if she was a grandmother, she couldn't see the guy. You know, the, the, the things, everybody's connected in that area, you know? I mean, um, listen, Luke's an infamous guy in that county. We know that. And you're telling me Donna doesn't know who this guy is? Are you kidding me? He was on the front page of that paper above the fold for a year you know i mean he's, he was the number one most wanted nemesis whatever he is and, and i'm sure donna can see a newspaper yeah i mean put her in front of a a lineup or just show her a, a yeah. picture i think it'd be easy to just 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 get whatever sure. she, she says that's i don't know in anyways yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, the thing is it looks looks like luke listen we know luke's a bully I saw this stuff on Facebook. I see him flexing his little weak, little fat muscles. That's just for you, Luke. Anyway, uh, sorry, Greg. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, you know, I see a bully that nobody did anything about, and, and everybody, and I've, saw, I, I've seen this before in that county. And, you know, when a bully has the backing and support of a local jurisdiction, I mean, it's a license to steal, rape, rob, pillage, whatever. Nobody's going to touch this guy. And, I, you know, and, and if you're not going to touch this guy, you have to look at uh, what's in it for this guy, and for this guy, it is swinging drugs, which he's probably doing anyway, and he's untouchable. And so there's a point, they'll burn him later. You know, they'll put him under the bus. And I saw this with the Cliff Watkins case, and Cliff Watkins told me this himself. So this is nothing new. That's right. Well, I think that's it's a... a... Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great place for us to um, to stop here. We'll, we'll definitely come back. Maybe um, maybe next 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 Sunday at the same time we'll come back and do another yeah. another show. Yeah, man, that'd be great. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that'd be super. Hey, uh, and, you know, on your website, Greg, um, have you posted the uh, twenty twenty um, video of the County? No. Uh-uh. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'll send you the link, I guess. But if you type in Mariposa corruption. It'll pull up um, the 2020 video when um, Tom Gerald was in there with Hugh Downs and Barbara Walters about the Mariposa corruption. Oh, okay. I'll be curious. You gotta, oh, if you ever watch, if you ever watch that, I think that's going to open. It's going to expand your mind on our, our, our topic, definitely. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely come back. Maybe yeah, I'll play some 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 of that here as long as I don't get another Facebook yeah. or another YouTube ban. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll send you the link anyway. Okay, sounds good. Um, I'll go ahead and uh, shut this recording down. Uh, Stephen, go ahead and uh, hang on the line here for a minute. Yeah. Okay.